The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, and welcome to another program, Afternoons with Mike, here on the Shepherd Radio Network. Well, there have been a lot of changes the last couple of weeks. We became the Ramsey Station. We also picked up a new program that we're so excited to present on the weekends called Faith on the Field. The person behind the microphone on this program is the head writer for the NFL for AP, and his name is Rob Motti. Recently, in the last couple of years, moved to Florida. Rob, it's so great to have you on the line. Mike, it's great to be with you, and it's great to be on The Shepherd with Faith on the Field, so I'm so excited for that. Well, this is really cool. Your program always begins with some uh, NFL player uh, kind of giving a greeting up front. And uh, I, Dak, I think uh, I've heard him. Is he one of your regulars for doing that? Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott. Yes. Yes, he is. And and I have a rotation of different guys that, that do it. I, I've kind of used his, his, his intro bump a lot lately, and especially now during football season. It's pretty cool to have. You know, football is so great. If you're in Florida, and as uh, I lived for a couple of years in Gainesville, you either are going to be a Gator fan or you might be ousted on a rail in that city if you're not <laughs> if you're not cheering for them. But the NFL is still also a big ticket uh, throughout that area because of Jacksonville and, uh, of course, Tampa. And up in Gainesville, when I lived there, uh, fans were kind of spread between those two. Uh, and some obviously with Miami, but you're right there in the home of one of the major NFL teams, and uh, it's uh, it's pretty exciting in Florida now with as much going on in the NFL. Uh, so, how did you get into sports in the beginning? Well, Mike, uh, I grew up playing sports, playing ball, in my, my whole life, and w- when I got to college. I thought I didn't know what I was going to do next. I was playing baseball in college and, and I was thinking about I was a business major. I was thinking of potentially going to law school. And I realized then I wasn't going to make it in the majors as a professional baseball player. And I discovered that you can make a living talking and writing about sports. So uh, I switched to an English degree. I eventually got my I started writing for the school paper, started working my way up. Landed uh, a great job at the AP in 2000 before I even got my master's in journalism. And then from being a general assignment news reporter at the AP, I, I quickly that same year within three months was promoted to the, the head writer in Philadelphia for all of sports coverage at the time, the youngest in the country to have that job. And it's been a tremendous ride. I stayed in even though I was covering Philly, we lived a little bit outside of that uh, that area in New Jersey and, and was there for 20 years until a couple of years ago. Actually, during during COVID, we were here in Florida and, and everything shut down and I was covering spring training. So my wife and I and the kids decided, let's just stay here. And we stayed another week and then another week became four months and we spent four, <laughs> oh we spent four months on the beach in, in 2020 when the world was going crazy. We decided, you know what, let's, let's move here. So I didn't even have, it's, it's such a, a God powerful moment. I, I didn't have an opportunity here. I didn't have a job. I was covering Philadelphia sports for the AP. 
Uh, I lived there, but we started building a home and said, eventually we'll settle in. And then I covered the Super Bowl when the Buccaneers won and spoke to my bosses. And they said, well, we're going to promote you to uh, from covering Philly sports to lead the NFL coverage for the AP. And, and you can move. You can live anywhere in any NFL city. And at the time, Tom Brady's in Tampa Bay. So it worked out perfectly. Yeah, it really did. And what a saga that is for those friends listening who might not be football fans. Now, I, I uh, the AP has been re- mentioned a couple of times. Of course, that's the Associated Press. And for anyone in news or anyone that's ever worked for any station, I remember back then, I mean, when I started off in television in the uh, 70s, in the mid-70s, of course, everyone had a, a little, like a ticker tape type of machine. Uh, and the AP, you know, was hooked up right there. So you get the teletype machine going for all news. Associated Press was like the mothership of news. So <laughs> for you to be a writer at that young age for AP and your stuff's going out really all across the world, that's quite a jump from a young man just a couple of years earlier who decided that he could make a living doing this. You progressed rather rapidly, my man. Yeah. And it, it was, a, I've been, I've been blessed with, with a tremendous opportunity throughout my life. And it's never been lost on me how God has worked every step of the way I could have tried to go to law school. I could have done this. I could have done that. And, and he has orchestrated this. So when it came time for me to use that platform, to glorify him. I was all in. That's what it's all about. And uh, I I will tell listeners, I will tell people out there who are pursuing their dreams. I'll never forget being in high school. I would sneak the newspapers, the sports section into into the classrooms, and I'd be sitting there underneath all of my books, and I'd be reading it. And in my creative writing classes, I'd always write about sports. And I I had a teacher who would say to me, you got to broaden your horizons because you can't make a living doing just sports and I look back now and I'm glad I didn't listen because I really I focused only on sports it was sports or bust I was either going to play I was not I realized I wasn't going to be professional uh, I was going to make it one way or another so uh, there there will be people in your life who will maybe discourage you from whatever passion you have pursue it for as hard as you can and, and to be able to do faithful on the field is combining my passion, which is sports and my purpose, which is to use sports to glorify the Lord. So it's been an incredible, incredible journey. Well, now more needs to be said about that in a moment about your purpose. I, I think that's different. I think a lot of people, when they come to their relationship with God, they will kind of use the word passion with that as well. But you're different putting a little bit of a differentiation between your your uh, uh, purpose and your passion, and they can both be the same thing, but certainly your purpose, as you're describing it, is the much wider arc of this whole discussion, right? Yeah, and what you'll realize, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with the combination there, it's, it's once you discover your purpose, it becomes a passion. So yes, my passion is sports, my profession is sports, but when I want to use my passion for my purpose to glorify the Lord, from the moment I first stepped out into faith, first time I leaped into that, I joined the prison ministry softball team, and we would travel around and play softball against inmates and share our testimony and present the gospel. That was the moment that I realized this is what I am 
created to do. I am taking my test and my making it a testimony. The mess of my life that I had made at a younger age has become my message. And now that's my purpose. But I find so much passion in that to the point where I, I, I came home one time from a trip to Ohio prisons in 2000. It might have been 16. And I told my wife, uh, I think I want to go into full-time ministry. I, I, I just spent five days in 20 to 25 prisons and preaching to thousands of inmates and watching them just transform their lives, being broken down to tears after hearing me share about the work that God has done in my life. I think I'm meant to do that. Let me let me go out and pursue full-time ministry. And Mike, we had just bought a new house. We had two year our twins were only two at the time. And my wife was a little concerned, like, how are you going to do that? What are we going to support our family? And I sat down with a pastor, um, Kyle Horner, who is a former college football player, by the way. And he said, Rob, you should just take Jesus to your marketplace. You don't have to leave where you are, take Jesus to your marketplace and you don't have to go into full-time ministry, make that your ministry. And that, that's, that resonated with me. And that's kind of led to faith on the field. I had written some books already, uh, Christian based books, baseball, faith, football, faith, devotionals. I didn't even realize at that time, like I was taking Jesus to my marketplace, but then I had to take it a step further. So that was the combination, passion, purpose, purpose becomes passion. And it's, it's just incredible transformation. You know, you're new to The Shepherd. You may or may not have heard the name Mark Goldstein yet, but he is a guy that has a radio program on our stations as well, and it's called uh, The Shepherd at Work. And he, he wrote a book on marketplace ministry. And what you're talking about is just his wheelhouse. Mark spent several years. He was in ministry as well, uh, but he also... Uh, just really gained a, a vision from God uh, and to help people just like yourself who are in the business place to recognize that in business, there is a marvelous opportunity for ministry. And in fact, they, uh, they coined that phrase marketplace ministry at some point, somebody did that. And that's what's used so often. And that's what you're describing. Now you didn't actually jump into full-time ministry before you got that advice from your pastor then, right? Yeah. And, and rather than go into full-time ministry, I stayed in, in my work. I was able to get this promotion. My platform continued to grow and I use all of that in, in all the, the skills, the talents that Lord has blessed me with, the ability to be able to reach out and, and speak to so many athletes and sports, as you know, Mike, is such a huge, huge, uh, there's a, a, a tremendous billions of people watching fan base across the world who connect, who want to see what these athletes are doing and, and to have different players on in, in our first two weeks with you guys on the shepherd. We've had Patrick Mahomes, the best player yes. in football. We've had Jalen hurts and the conversations about sports. But then when, when we ask about, and I, I find this, that the players themselves love to see that conversation veer into, especially uh, when they're passionate about their faith into talking about the work that the Lord has done in their life. But what I like to say to people out there is wherever you are, you don't need my platform. You don't need my microphone or a big job with a fancy title. Wherever you are is your marketplace. Your marketplace may be your neighborhood. For some, it's your own home. 
if if your your children, your family, your friends, your whoever it is, don't know that you're a believer, what have we done to share the good news of Jesus if those closest to us don't know who is most important in our lives? And I think it starts there, and that's how it grows. So I, I don't like to to talk about what I do on a grand scale and, and make folks think that that's that's where the level you have to do it. It starts right where you are in what wherever God has put you, that is your marketplace. You know, I think of so many people that I've known, Rob. I spent 36 years in full-time ministry. And uh, along the way, found that, and ironically, with me, just to interject this, I never wanted to be in ministry full-time. I started off in radio and television, and when God called me to do what I did for 36 years, I, I... I really had resisted that. I didn't want to do that. And yet there it was, and I spent 36 years doing it. But again, along the way, I talked to so many people who had a real passion for the Lord, but but they couldn't, it wasn't a calling from God for them to leave. But because they had that desire to serve God and make a difference, they thought they had to become a full-time pastor. And what you're saying is, and it's just sad that so many people have, I think, in some ways, invested years of their life trying to do something full-time in ministry when all along God was calling them to do exactly what you're doing, to bloom where they were planted already and to grow and to share and to see the gospel come alive in their workplace. Yeah, absolutely. And I would never discourage anyone from going into full-time ministry. If that is your calling, if that is what you feel God is leading you to do, by all means, go for it and, and serve the Lord and serve the kingdom the best capacity, the best way you can. But for the overwhelming majority of us who, who have different jobs and other responsibilities and whatever it may be, that's where we are called to lead. And, and I feel like that, that that's how we become the salt of the earth. As Jesus says, you, you, you are, you're called to flavor the people around you, to season the people around you with the yeah, good news yeah. and to share that what, what we do. And uh, it, it's, it's just, it becomes, it's, it's so refreshing and so rewarding and, and it becomes just a, a continual habit. And, and for some who feel like, well, I don't have the gift of the ability to speak or lead or whatever. Maybe it's just how we live our lives, Mike. Mm -hmm. it, it, the way we the way we love on people, the way we handle adversity, the way we deal with different circumstances and the ups and downs of our lives can sometimes be uh, an opportunity to share the gospel when someone sees us handling a difficult situation with so much poise or when someone sees us all day long loving on others and helping and serving and they start to want a little bit of that peace and that joy that we have. And I tell everyone that I used to pursue before I came and to the Lord and accepted Christ, I used to pursue all the pleasures of the world and I find my greatest joy is when I pursued Jesus and the yeah, hope that I yeah. put in him and the joy that I have in him is greater than anything that the world 
has offered me. And especially in these times when things are kind of upside down and we, we it, it's a difficult world to live in right now. And, and for the young kids growing up, there's so much pulling you away and pulling you away from the Lord that we need him even stronger. And we need more people around encouraging that, hey, that's where your joy is. That's where your hope is. That's where your peace is. Don't let this world fool you. That's really good advice. And I think it's it's so important for everyone to hear as they're hearing this. It, the real issue is what has God called each of us to do? Is it the ministry? Then it should be the ministry. If it's uh, to work in business and to serve him, then it's to work in business and serve him. And what a beautiful reality that you found that you can do that with excellence and present the gospel in a way that is significant and relevant and very effective by doing it on the workplace. Because there are people Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday, not just on Sundays, that need to hear the word of God and they need to see the word of God. And that's what is so exciting to hear you because I I know you're living it. You're walking it out to the best of your ability. Uh, And it it comes with challenges, right? It comes with difficult times. and, And sometimes it's not the easiest thing to be an outspoken Christian. And especially in the media profession where I am, I feel like I'm on an island, Mike, sometimes. I feel like, sure. the, the, you, and you put a target on your back. People are looking for you to fail. People are looking for you to be hypocritical. They're looking, they want to see that happen. And, and I feel like we're never perfect. We're all sinners. We're going to have days where we make mistakes, but we have to be extra mindful of that. If we're representing the kingdom on a, on a broad scale, if we're trying to bring people closer to Jesus, if we're trying to encourage and inspire and motivate those to seek the Lord, we need to set that example. And we have to be very mindful of the things we say and the way we act. And what I do is I make sure on social media can be a downfall for a lot of people. And it can, it, you can really mess things up with one post, with one tweet, with one, whatever it is. So yes. think about that. Be careful. Consider who you are, the position you're in, and what you're going to say. Don't act out of hate. Don't be frustrated. Don't be angry. I have so many folks who just get so mad at sports opinions, Mike, that they want to create all kinds of fights and call you this name and that name and whatever it is because if it's just a sports opinion, just pray about it. Love your enemies. Don't go after anyone on any platform like that and just try and represent the Lord the best way possible and, and, and be a bridge, be that person who can bring people to him by living it out daily. That's beautifully said. Rob Motti is my guest. Rob is the head writer for the NFL for the Associated Press, and we'll be back with him in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike here on The Shepherd. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. 
All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Here we are with Rob Motti on the line. Rob is the head NFL writer for the AP, the Associated Press, now a resident in the fine free state of Florida. Glad to have you here, my man. It's great that you're in the the Tampa area. You know, when I think about it. We love it. We love it, Mike, here. We love it. Absolutely. (laughs) It is a beautiful area, isn't it? Yes, for sure. And growing and continuing to grow. It, it's You look outside and see all the buildings and everything else. It, it's awesome. I encourage everyone who wants to come down to Florida and, and in the area to stay here. Why go anywhere else? I just made a trip up north to, back home to Philly. Couldn't wait to get out. I could not wait to leave. Especially if you take a trip up to that part of the country in the wintertime. They have, oh, yeah. they have no idea how nice it is here in the wintertime. Although right now we're in kind of a hot season. Uh, not as bad as Texas, I might add, but it's plenty warm here, right? Oh, no, no doubt. And uh, the, when we first moved to two years ago and I saw all the September and August rain, I, I, didn't, I, I was like, this is what we're in for. But hey, it rains for an hour. You see a beautiful, majestic rainbow and then you go back to, to normality and it's, it's great. Well, it's great to have you in Florida. Rob, one of the things that we were talking about in segment one, this whole thing of being a marketplace minister. And we know that we're living in a culture, without a doubt, you've seen a change in the culture as it pertains to your job and reporting in general in the last couple of years with this increased presence of what's being called the cancel culture. And it seems that there is enough out there where people are, a lot of people have lost jobs, they make inappropriate comments. Uh, to another person, they can be deemed uh, to be inappropriate and, and fired all in one 24-hour period. So how is it that you're finding the courage to be a witness for Christ in this kind of a day and age? How did that happen? Yeah, Mike, and it is difficult. And, and that's why, as we were talking about in the first segment, I, I said, be careful how you respond to people. Be careful how you handle your social media. Be careful because there's always someone looking for you if they don't want to see you on that platform and trying to take you off of it and knock you off. And uh, I, I find courage in, in this, that God called me for this reason. This passion has become my purpose. And I want to go out there and represent him the best I can. And, and uh, I, I draw on the courage and the strength from him. He's not going to put me in a position where and set me up for failure. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like if you're walking in step with the Lord, every obstacle, he's going to find a way to maneuver you around it or through it and help you because I love the Bible verse. He who put a good work in you will see it through till completion. I'm not done yet. I have bigger goals and a bigger vision and a greater plan for what we're doing here. And I feel like we're only getting started. And what happens often is when you're about to make a bigger breakthrough, there's always going to be that stronger fight. Whenever I feel the enemy attacking people coming after me, for whatever reason, uh, I know and, and I'm surrounded. Fortunately, my wife is such a, a strong woman of faith and she 
dives into the Bible and she's reading sermons and reading books. And I can turn to her and say, hey, this is happening. And she's like, God's just setting you up for something bigger. So don't allow those attacks. Don't allow all of that to prevent you to be an obstacle, to detour you, to take you off your path. You have to continue going forward. But we have to be mindful of this culture, Mike. We certainly have to be very wary of what people are trying to do. And uh, I, I feel like it's become very, it, people are, are not encouraged to speak openly about their faith. Right. They're taking yeah. a step back. And I've encountered a lot of athletes who have been quiet until retirement or or don't want to lose an endorsement or don't want to do uh, anything that would hurt their brand. And maybe there's a publicist or a marketing team or a um, someone, um, an agent who has told them to steer clear of talking about their faith because that might impact their brand. And um, uh, when I, when I meet these guys, I, I really, I sit down with them. I talk to them and I, I, under, I, I tell them, Hey, if God has put you in this position where you're making millions of dollars playing a sport, don't you feel like that is something where you owe him that opportunity to use the platform, the skills and everything that he blessed you with to talk openly? And it, it changes the perception sometimes. And uh, I love where Jesus says in the Bible, if you deny me before man, I will deny you before my father. And that can be that those words right there can hit someone very hard. Mm -hmm. And if you remind them of those words, if you're going to sit and deny Jesus because you're concerned about your brand or you're concerned about losing your job. And I'm, I'm telling you, Mike, I meet so many different, not just athletes, but people in the media who are strong believers, but you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it by what they talk about. You wouldn't know it by, how they they discuss faith and how they steer clear of expressing it and showing it. And I can understand you, you have a job, you have a profession and different employers handle things differently. But when it comes to faith and expressions of faith, I, I feel like we, we, sh we, were, we were put here to mm -hmm. use that. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Don't let anything discourage you, even in this cancel culture. But just be smart about it. Go about it in, in the right way. If the message is loving people, if the message is treating people the right way, how can anyone have any issue with you then? That's right. Well, I know that you have to have people, both athletes and maybe fellow writers, that would look at how you're so vocal, even having a radio program that has faith in the title of it, Faith on the Field. Uh, I'm sure they look at you and say, how can you be doing what you're doing in a time like this? How do you answer them? I, I tell them I, I do it because there is, for me, there's no other way. For, for me, I, I can't. When, when it's all said and done, look at the Lord and say, I was afraid to speak about you because I didn't want to oh, lose a paycheck. Yeah. I wow. can't, I can't, I, that, that, that to me is the ultimate. When, when you know that you have been given an opportunity and you walk away from it out of fear, 
uh, out of concern for personal gain, because if I don't do it now, I'm worried more about my brand, my personal gain. And I'm not here on earth to accumulate material possessions and uh, wealth and all of fame and glory that the world tells me is, is important. I'm here to help more people see the, the light. I want to help people see that their joy and their hope and their peace should be found in Jesus. So I feel like I'm called for kingdom work, not for manly work. And even though I have a job to do and I have a family to feed and, and bills to pay, I will continue to, as best as I can, try and set that example and just be very smart about it. Go about it the right way. You don't have, you don't hate people. You don't do it out of anger. And there are many times where there we see things, Mike, in, in this day and age where it's nonsensical. It's ridiculous. There are topics that I never thought that we can't even, in my position, there are things that I can't discuss that I feel like, well, it should be pretty obvious. Um, but you don't go you don't go down that road and and you have to just kind of be careful how you present that message i feel unfortunately is too often christians have become a have been labeled hateful people or lack of not tolerant folks and we have to go back to why jesus came to this earth to save everyone. He loves us all. We're all his children, brothers and sisters. So we have to find a way to connect people without making them turn away from us and turn away from faith. And the word religion has made a lot of folks resentful angry. And I tell people I'm not religious. I tell them I'm not right. a religious person. I say I'm about having a relationship with Jesus, not following man-made rules and traditions and rituals. He didn't come for all of that. Jesus himself had problem and issue with religious people. Mm -hmm. So let's not steer the conversation towards religion. Let's steer it towards love and relationship with the Lord, living like him, loving like him, forgiving like him and trying to be like him the best way possible, because there wasn't a person that Jesus was afraid to talk to or reach out to, right? Friend of sinners, they called him, mm -hmm. and, a, and a friend of all, all of the people that, that were shunned in society. That's why I like to go in the prisons and talk to the inmates, because nobody else wants to reach out to those folks. And uh, I, for me, my favorite, my favorite Bible, for Matthew 25, for whatever you do for the least of my brothers and sisters, you do for me. Yeah. Anytime I see someone that a homeless person in the, in the street, yeah, maybe they're going to use that money for something they should, whether it's alcohol, drugs, or cigarettes, but maybe they really are going to eat with that. Have a word with them, help them out. It doesn't have to be financial. Jesus loves you. Those words saying Jesus loves you, I have seen change lives, transform lives just by having courage to say Jesus loves you to someone in a moment of need. Yeah. I think we can get closed down in this culture without a doubt. And I, I hear what you're saying and I feel for my own life, my own uh, habits that I, I want to have that kind of thing be said of me, that I was one who boldly shared my faith, boldly shared the love of Jesus with other people. And I think it's so easy in this day and age to kind of just get hardened. And I think a lot of people really have where we don't look 
with any compassion at all on those that are homeless or those that are maybe standing by the side of the road. We need to have a heart. We need to always be ready. The Lord may want us to actually give some money. Uh, We just need to be ready. We need to be following that. But behind all of that is a courage to speak when God wants us to speak. And I, I thank you for that model that you give. Let me ask you this. How did you come to know the Lord? Were you raised in a a Bible-believing family. Wow, Mike, it's a it's a it's a it's a long story that we can definitely get into in full another day. But the short of it is, I was I was raised Catholic. Uh, I went to Catholic schools. I went to Catholic church for thirty plus years of my life, and I tell everyone now that I was a fan of Jesus growing up. And it wasn't until I came to the realization um, after making so many mistakes and going through some ups and downs. And for me, it was always relationship related. And and I I ended up divorced and um, bouncing around from one relationship to another. And um, once I, I realized, and God was always planting people in my life that were helping me see different things in, in different ways. And I was getting a tattoo one day of, of uh, what we call in, in, in the Catholic Church, the Sacred Heart. It's the three crosses and, and Jesus when, when he was up um, on, on that cross. And a friend of mine reached out to me and we were just on the phone. I'm about to go into the tattoo parlor. And he presents to me Ephesians 2, 8, 9, that you are saved by grace, not saved by works. And even through 30 plus years of going to Catholic church, I never read that verse in the Bible. I Isn't didn't know. Yeah. And, and, and that kind of, it was God planting these people in my life. And eventually it ended up one day where uh, I was at Times Square Church and uh, I answered the pastor's altar call. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I, I tell folks that that was the moment that I became a follower. I went mm. from being a fan of Jesus to a follower. And as a follower of Christ, I, I started to grow more and learn to be like him and read the Bible and dive into it. And once I joined that prison ministry team and I, I went out and shared testimony for the first time, I feel like that's where I became a disciple. Instead of just only following Jesus and living that and keeping it to myself, now I'm a disciple trying to season the people around me with the salt of the earth, with all of the good news. So fan follower disciple is is my story. I've shared it openly. It's in the it's in my book that I wrote about the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl called Birds of Prey, P-R-A-Y. So (laughs) I've never been too shy about talking about my mistakes, that's for sure. So you mentioned now the Times Square Church. David Wilkerson was the pastor, and a new guy there is Jim Simbala. He's been there for a number of years, and his heart, this man's heart, and that church's heart has always been one to pray. So the title of your book really weighs in heavily on, on just the ministry of Times Square. Yeah, and, and that that opportunity to be able, uh, Mike, to write that story when we launched Faith on the Field in 2017, the Philadelphia Eagles had a band of Christian brothers on that team, unlike anything I've ever seen in sports. They were baptizing players in the cold tub at the team's practice facility. And, and just think about that. Faith on the Field launches in April 2017. The Philadelphia Eagles football team have never won a Super Bowl in the history of the organization. Wow. They go on that season to win a Super Bowl uh, led by a Christian 
quarterback and who gets injured and then another one steps in who is just as mature and devoted in his walk and in his journey Nick Foles and he beats Tom Brady and the big bad Patriots and he's the Super Bowl MVP and um, within about a day or two after that I said I gotta write about this team and and the way that I saw God and working in all of that in that locker room and the baptisms and the Bible studies and the fellowship and everything else that they had. And I partnered with Zondervan at HarperCollins to write Birds of Prey. Uh, and it, it was it was incredible to see how all of that unfolded, all from taking that giant leap of, hey, I want to be a full-time, I want to go into full-time ministry. No, having that conversation, take Jesus to your marketplace, stay right where you are. All right. Within that conversation, three months later, we launch faith on the field. Six, seven months later, the Eagles go and win a Super Bowl. I write a book. Now I'm getting opportunities to go all over and speak about Jesus. Not only that, I'm getting these opportunities, not on Christian radio, but sports radio on, on, on TV stations, on ESPN, on, on all of these platforms to talk about this football team that won the Super Bowl. And for from my perspective, as a person covering them, I said, hey, they tell you they wouldn't have won it if it wasn't for their faith in the Lord. They would not have gotten to this point or reached it or overcome the adversity that they had to overcome to win without their faith in Jesus. So it's been what a journey, what a ride. And God has orchestrated it every step of the way. That is a great story. Rob Motti is my guest. I'll be back with Rob for one more segment. This is Afternoons with Mike. You're on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Rob Motti is my guest. Rob is the head writer for the NFL for the Associated Press. And I know he's traveled all over the place. He's written on every team, I guess, in the NFL and probably traveled to most NFL cities, if not all of them. Is uh, Would that be the case? Have you gone to all NFL cities? Not quite yet. Um, I'm hoping to, w within a year or two, be able to say I've been in all 32 stadiums. I I'm definitely in the 20s, though, at this point, Mike. Where wow. I've been. <laughs> I've certainly, I, yeah, I've been there. Definitely written about all the teams and covering the, the entire NFL now. But I, I also, you're writing a lot about the issues, too, in the league and the sports gambling and ownership problems and suspensions and so much off-the-field stuff that sometimes I hope, like, don't do anything bad, guys. I just want to focus on football. I just want to write about the X's and O's and the wins and the losses and the touchdowns and the interceptions, not about who's getting suspended, not about who's doing wrong, not about that stuff. Let's bring it back to football. But in, in when you're covering the whole league, that's part of the job. You know, when I think about uh, what we were ending our last segment on, uh, how that God put all of this together in a relatively short amount of time. You said 2017, you know, all of this happens, faith on the field. You have that, what is a pivotal conversation with your pastor. And boy, you talk about getting some great pastoral wisdom 
He helped you in such a way that God just began to fling open. Uh, these doors are flinging open for you, man. You're, you're suddenly starting a, a book. You are having a ministry, uh, and the Eagles are winning. And boy, what an amazing story of faith to write uh, this whole book that you've written called Birds of Prey. I'm sure that's available wherever books are sold, right? Yeah, and it's it's still out there. It's it's still available, and it's on Amazon. I've run out of copies. I need to get some more because folks are still asking five years later. And then the Eagles go back to the Super Bowl last year, and uh, I'm think some uh, folks are telling me, "Hey, you you're gonna write a sequel?" I'm like, "Well, let's see if they win." And there was a difference though. There, I spoke to the chaplain from from the team last year. He said these guys aren't as they're not there yet. They're, they're a little earlier in their, in their walk and in their journey with the Lord. And they're still trying to understand, but there are some, there are some guys out there and a lot of us, right. Who, who treat faith and treat Jesus like a, a, a little uh, rabbit's foot, like, Hey, what can you do for me? If, if I, if I start to believe in you and it, it's not, it's not really like that. It's not about the little insignificant things in life and the wins and the losses. It's about the bigger picture. It's not about winning one game. It's about winning your soul. It's about saving yourself for eternity. So uh, it's, it's really cool to see all of that unfold and how different people are at different walks and different stages of their life. And, Mm -hmm. and we we're just there along the way, trying to nudge and help and encourage them to continue going deeper and deeper and, and progressing in that journey. Boy. That is exciting to think about the doors that God is opening for you and has already opened for you. And here you're doing this, you're writing, and you have this reputation of being a great writer. Again, I've watched you on some of the different podcasts that you've been on, and I know you do get a lot of requests because there's there's something just dynamic about this medium that you're a part of that a lot of people, you mentioned this in segment one, a lot of people follow sports. And I think of a a guy that I knew in Gainesville uh, one time I was listening, I was driving down the road and Rush Limbaugh was on the radio and all of a sudden I recognized my friend's voice who is talking to Russell and I'm thinking, holy cow, this guy attends our church. And I thought, that's his voice. What's this? And it's all about the NFL. They're talking about, and they, I I think Rush really enjoyed him because he kept him on for at least 10 minutes talking about (laughs) sports stuff. And so there's a lot of interest out there in this, isn't it? Oh, a- absolutely. And the NFL is a billion dollars industry. And it, no matter what happens around it, it's always king of sports in America. Baseball has had some issues struggling. They had to change rules and shorten games so more viewers can tune in. And, and we know basketball has been all over the place and hockey's always been kind of fourth or even fifth behind soccer. But football, football is king. People are going to watch. They want more football. They they want they got Monday night games they have thursday night games on now they there's a sunday night game yeah uh then there's all of sunday and and who knows there's now there's a black friday game being introduced this year because people can't have enough of their football so if you are a football fan or in my case someone who covers the nfl and of course i grew up a football fan i love football and, and my truth be told i wouldn't say this to my wife because now i get to watch the games and i tell her honey it's my job i, I have to watch <laughs> these games but truth right. be told, i'd be watching them anyway but now i get to say no we i can't go on that i can't I, 
don't schedule anything on this. I have to watch because it's my job and that's my excuse for my family, but I'd be watching anyway. I would be wanting to, to see who wins and who loses and, and to talk about that. And it, it's been, it's been so awesome. I, I told you earlier about going into prisons and speaking and going from fan to follower to disciple. And I, I would go out and I, I would pay my own way to go speak into these prisons. And now after writing the book and like telling my story and I, I'm getting requests to come in and speak at churches and different events and men's conferences. And I, I was blown away. And like, and now you're, you're getting paid to do that. And I'm like, wow, I felt like I felt uncomfortable at one point with that. Mm. And it took, it took another conversation with my pastor who said, Rob, if you are going to get on a plane or travel or leave your wife and leave your family at home, it's okay to be compensated for your time. <laughs> you you got to step out and do that. So it's been a learning curve. It's been a lot of understanding and then seeing, hey, God has, he, he's put you here. He wants you to do this. Step out and go for it. What's your favorite thing that you get to do on, a, let's say, game day and you're at some NFL stadium? What's the favorite thing that you love about that day? So my role has changed from when I was writing about the games and, and it was always just about who wins, who loses, what transpired in that game. Now it's more of I take a, a column approach, right? So I'm getting to write something. There's a little bit more opinion involved. There's a lot of analysis involved. So uh, on my, on my during the NFL season, Sunday is a pretty hectic day for me because I am – Occasionally, if the Buccaneers are home, I'll go there. If there's a big game, I'll go to that big game. But half the Sundays, I'll stay home instead to monitor all of the games mm -hmm. across the league and to make sure I'm writing on like a topic that is of big interest that week. So uh, I'll have one game on the main TV. I'll have another on a tablet, another on a computer. Then I'll have another uh, tablet or computer that's got like four or five screens going and monitoring all of the <laughs> action. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty busy day. Like this week, for example, is really cool. Um, the first preseason game on Thursday night is the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. It's going to be the Jets and the Cleveland Browns. And then on Saturday are the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. So I'm going to fly out to Cleveland, drive to Canton, cover that game, which is the first. It's a meaningless preseason game, but there's a lot of pomp and circumstance surrounding the Hall of Fame. And then sure. uh, Friday, go to the Hall of Fame Village, which is I had never been to before last year. And, and it's a it's a very magical place to see the greatest players enshrined and then Saturday to cover the induction ceremony. And it's really cool to see some of these people, some of these players who get inducted on Saturday, let loose and, and speak about their faith during their Hall of Fame induction speech. Those are my favorite. Those for sure I enjoy. And uh, I, I've had a the past couple of years, I, I had a lot of fun covering the Buccaneers because Tom Brady was here and, sure, and he's yeah. the greatest, the greatest of all time. And if you have a second for a quick story, my daughter, one of my two girls who are they're twins, they're nine, they're about to be 10. They were Buccaneers fans and Tom Brady fans. And she dressed like Tom for Halloween, his jersey and a hat and the eye black and uh, I'm in my position. I get to see Tom in the locker room and talk to him and I, I showed him her picture on the phone and 
she thought that was the coolest thing that her dad got to show Tom Brady <laughs> a picture of her dressed as him for Halloween. He's like, Oh, that's so cute. I love it. It's beautiful. Tell her it looks great. And I tell her, and she's like, no, really? He said that. So that was, that was really cool. Little moments like that, that now I get to appreciate with my kids. That is so beautiful. So you get uh, to kind of mix now, uh, not just a reporting. I, I think of it's your editorializing uh, on the games as well, getting to kind of go deeper onto a subject. And that's really cool to see how your writing has morphed into uh, a kind of a broader spectrum now, right? Yeah. And it's like you, you start to tackle the bigger topics. And what's been big in the NFL lately is the running back situation and the contracts that they're they're not getting paid on a par with other players at other positions. So uh, I've spent a lot of time over the past two, three weeks writing about that and talking about that. And I host the AP Pro Football Podcast, which has now just launched into a YouTube show. So instead of only recording the audio, now I got to re record the video for YouTube and had a very uh, successful debut last week with Le'Veon Bell, who's a former All-Pro running back, and he spoke on the topic. So that just launched for folks if they want to check that out. But it, it's a, it's looking at the league from a broader angle, and rather than just talking about one team. Of course, once you get to the playoffs and the Super Bowl, now it's it's a little bit more individualized and team oriented. But now, leading into that, I, I look at the the bigger issues, the bigger stories, and and try and discuss those and write about those in, in, in that broad scope. That's great. What a fun job that you have. And I am so proud of you, man, the way that you have courage and that you've really taken this opportunity by storm and sharing your faith. You're sharing it everywhere, not just on the field, but thank God there is faith on the field. And that's what you're finding, and that's what you see regularly. What's coming up ahead in the weeks ahead for the program, Faith on the Field? Uh, a lot of exciting moments. And, and, Mike, I'm actually thinking of turning Faith on the Field, the program, and writing a book about that. I've had all these stories, right? I've had all of these interviews. We're seven years into it. Why not? Probably yeah. over 250, over, yeah, 250 episodes with different players, the greatest uh, in, in sports, Hall of Famers. And we've had Russell Wilson, Tim Tebow, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, all of these guys. So I, I feel like maybe it's time to do a faith on the field book uh and for sure but in the next few weeks this week for for example i'm going to the hall of fame i'm going to reach out to some of those guys who who are men of faith and and bring them onto the program um that'll be pretty cool to hear their stories and because they reach the pinnacle they reach the ultimate in their sport and, and talk about no doubt how God helped them along the way and how is he, he's a big part of that and how he should be the center, the foundation of our lives. He should be, and thank God that he is for you and so many others. I'm just grateful for you, my friend. Faith on the Field in Orlando will be on this weekend at 7.30 in the morning. It repeats again at 10.30 in the morning. And then in Ocala and in Gainesville, you can listen to Faith on the Field on Saturday morning at 9.30. So be sure and check it out at uh, 9.30 in the morning 
Rob Motti and Faith on the Field, one of the new programs that we're so honored to have here on The Shepherd. And what a blast this has been. When you're in Orlando, come by and see us. We'll have to have you back on the show, and you can uh, do it from our nice studios overlooking I-4. We're kind of I-4 connected now between us, my friend. I'd love to. I'd love to. And, you, you know, uh, my family loves to the kids love to go to Orlando. So that that's certainly uh, on the horizon. And we'd be great to uh, sit down and do this again for sure. We love the opportunity to be on uh, on the Shepherd and all of the, the new stations. I'm grateful to you for having faith on the field and, and for having me for this conversation. Mike, thank you, my friend. You got it. What a privilege it is, not only for me, but for all of our listeners as well. Rob Motti, head writer for the NFL and have a safe trip up there to the hall of fame this week okay thank you god bless all right and friends we'll see you next time right here on afternoons with mike on the shepherd